I'm gonna read, so prepare yourselves to sleep. But I want to do it in an old-fashioned way because I want to answer this question, what if Immanuel Kant were a designer? It is an easy task to work on a counterfactual ground, like I do in my presentation. The endless possibilities and the role of imagination are both tempting and misleading. It's impossible, in fact, to know what Kant would have done as information designer. Also, to think one can enter Kant's mind to find out what he would think and make as a designer is nonsensical. Perhaps Kant would have been a bad information designer, given his well-known poor taste in many aspects. For example, in a letter to a friend and editor, Professor Hufeland, Kant virulently argues against the typographic fashion of his days. It is 1797. He thinks books should be printed using only black ink, not gray. They should use only Gothic fonts and never French Latin scripts like Garamond. Small letters and at least two columns. And I want to show you something. This is the, the design Kant would endorse. Kant thought his typograph typographic advices will help not only the reader in keeping on track her attention and cognition, but also the strength of her eyes. Look at that. Perception of the printed letters could ease or worsen, worsen human cognition. I don't have time to clearly state what it's like to be an information designer, but I can extensionally express it. Graphic designers, typographers, software and application designers, web designers, etc. All of these are part of the designer category. They are makers, homo faber. They work on a project with a target and a clear scope. A designer is more like a bricoleur than a scientist or an artist. She tries and stumbles in imposing her conceptual vision on nature or the world as such. She has a factual, even prosaic purpose. To design is to give shape to a process or to an object that conveys meaning which is acquired through the mere experience of using the design. Design is intentional, but not always the original intention that driving design in the case of a book cover, web or smartphone application is followed by the user. Maybe design could be seen on a spectrum from total determinism to unstoppable generativity. A book could be used as a reading device or as armory in case of a fight. Still, design is not dull labor or simple execution. If it, it would be so, we would be talking about bad or misfit design. There is no legacy of Kant in the philosophical thinking about digital technologies. He is not just neglected, he is entirely absent. My purpose now is to use some Kantian insights about the nature of experience and the experience of nature and the world as guidelines, advices, or heuristics for contemporary designers of digital informational applications. My references will concern mainly virtual reality and the cyberspace. Design starts with sensibility, thus hoping to affect our cognition and mind. What should a designer learn from Kant? One possible answer 
she could or can learn the tricky relationship between sensibility and cognition or understanding, between perception and judgment, between intuition and concept. Design could disconnect these two faculties of knowledge, or it could make them work together perfectly. A designer could lead sensibility to craziness, silliness, or stupidity, or she could integrate it to a higher demand of understanding and categorical thinking. It's sometimes like choosing between Facebook and Wikipedia. Perhaps, it's just a, an idea, a designer is an active participant, through her design of course, in the process of transcendental deduction. The extraction of concepts from nature in an established, predefined manner. A designer helps the imagination conduct her work in establishing generality from the diversity of experience. Is the designer a kind of hermes of disconnection between sensibility and intellect or understanding? I think the main question a designer should ask herself is how will the others experience my design? Because experience is the key. And also self-consciousness, the other prerequisite essential to make experience possible. Let's take a look, a snake peek, into the Kantian transcendental aesthetic time and space. Aesthetics is the way we spoke centuries ago about sensibility and perception. I will have a supplementary assumption. Design is something you can feel, apprehend and consequently imagine. It is the best apparition of the thing in itself, which could be the idea or the algorithm behind any information design. Phenomena are not illusions or second-order worlds, like in a platonic old-fashioned way. They are how we represent the world in experiencing it. And this is the only possible way. Objects of our experience are conceivable because we have two predetermined pure intuitions or formal conditions for experience, time and space. Kant would have never hoped to compress space and time, or to change the perception of time and space. Why? Because for him this would be impossible. Space and time are a priori, or formal intuitions, which make possible any other kind of experience, which in fact, the experience starts with perception. It was also impossible for Kant to have a nature inhabited with objects without having a mind endowed with pure concepts or categories. Information design is a driver of perception. Even Kant acknowledged this in his letter to a friend and editor I mentioned before. To design something is to alter or change previous experiences or even provoke and create the context for new ones. Time and space, in a hard to explain why conjunction with the table of faculties, categories and principles are the operating system of an intelligent, sensible and self-aware person. No experience can escape this system, this datum. A Kantian designer starts from the difference between form and content, or matter. And this is the classical thesis since Aristotle of hulomorphism. Because sensations or impressions and perceptions could not ordinate other sensations, Kant introduces the necessity of a priori forms independent from sensation. These are present in the mind of perceiving subjects, but for this Kant uses the term gemut, 
which could mean more than than mind. It, it could mean uh, I don't know a soul or a, a self-awareness, etc. Time and space are mandatory for having a sensibility, which is the capacity to receive representations. The, these two pure forms of sensibility, time and space, are sine qua non conditions of possibility for any empirical intuition, sensation or perception, and for this to be a source of our cognition and knowledge. Movement, change, and other relations between objects of nature are possible only within this frame of sensibility. Time has a bigger constitutive role than space in the Kantian system because in time we ordinate both our internal phenomena and the external phenomena. The latter are possible only if we presuppose space, even though Kant is accused of specializing time and reducing the diversity of phenomena to the spatial temporal ones. To summarize this point, Space and time are neither the properties of objects, nor do they have an absolute reality. They are only necessarily frames for any experience. A designer should accept the impossibility of changing time perception through her design, and also the necessity of supposing a space in order to have places and perceptible objects. There is nothing to experience beyond these frames, and it is illusory to think that the subject could apprehend that thing in itself. A second guidance for, uh, for designers is to think about time in terms specific to space. We often hear statements about the unreality or the fatal illusion of an online life mediated by digital networks and computers. What Kant would stress is that we still experience this reality in an objective mode. Digital media is just a mediator, it is contingent. There is not, nothing misleading about this digital world, it's not another reality, it's not a sham or the evil genius of Descartes, there is no ghost in the machine. Digital design offers ways of representation that go a priori in the way we are turning successfully to the world, the only way we are receptive of the world with our mere constituents of perception, time and space. I hope that by this point I have persuaded you that the digitally designed world should meet the same conditions of experience as the world of tangible objects. Insisting to separate, disengage and disconnect these two worlds is a mistake in understanding both of them. Questions about how space and time perception are changed by digital media are meaningless. Our representations are changing because the diversity of phenomena has increased considerably within the digital world. My hypothesis is that we are living in a burst of diversity and experience which is unparalleled in the human history. Our sensibility is put at work in an intense and plural mode. In a psychology, 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 in a language from psychology, we could say that the digitally mediated phenomena are so informationally rich that we have a multiplicity of massive stimuli that affects us. Despite this, the capacity of perception is unique and does not discriminate between digital and non-digital objects. 
The pure intuitions of time and space are not changing, but the perceptions of moments, places, objects and their relationship are posing new problems to our cognition and understanding. And for solving this, we need to take a look at the capacity of imagination or faculty of imagination. But this is beyond the scope of my intervention here. It is still work in progress. Another heated contemporary debate concerns how the digital world changes or modifies human cognition. In a famous place in his critique, first critique, Kant wrote, I quote, the chief question always remains what and how much can understanding and reason cognize free of all experience and not how is the faculty of thinking itself possible, end of quote. What a Kantian designer could claim is that a, a concern for the faculty of thinking and the impact of digital media, media on it will not lead anywhere without a concern over the possibility and necessity of experience. Scientific claims like the virtual, the online, the digital world lowers cognitive skills in the real world, or the internet is like a collective mind or the internet enables synchronized collective thinking. These claims are questionable because each study that produces them is based on different assumptions about the role and the possibility of sensibility. For a Kantian, the way of thinking does not seem to change. Just the content of representations was multiplied or varied without changing the constituents, making possible new phenomena. The question of online or virtual reality experience as a changing rapport we have with phenomena is meaningless. Pure intuitions of sensibility cannot be changed because they are not something empirical. One method of critical interrogation of technology that seems compatible with transcendental idealism is that one followed in answering the question how it feels like in the case of any technology design. The new media should be questioned not by searching scientific objectivity, which covers the hidden assumption of an absolute realism, but by looking for the subjective experience, even in a sensualist, Lockean or human way. What's philosophically important is that the meaning we derive from our representations within and about the digital world is inter subjectively valid. Perhaps because at the level of external phenomena and their conditions of possibility, space and time are given invariantly the same. As a conclusion, however mediated, virtualized and immersive the experiences we have in the digital world are, ultimately they are real in the Kantian sense. Reality can be virtual. Thanks.